This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, we will learn that life is not measured by our achievements, but by what we send into motion. Let's join Dr. Nate Roosh right now. premise of this series is that life is not measured by our achievement by what by what we set into motion so life isn't about just what we achieve but what comes next and our core text was Galatians chapter 6 starting verse 7 it said don't be misled you cannot mock the justice of God you will always harvest what you plant those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will de- harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Amen? And so we need to stay in the journey, and part of that has to do with planting. Whatever you plant, you will harvest. Everyone that's here today is living in yesterday's planting. So whatever you did earlier in your life, you're living in the result of that today. Or you're living in the result of somebody else's planting. Some of us have blessing in our life and somebody else had invested in. We're the recipients of that. How many have friends and family members that invested in you? People that have, I mean, so we can't take all the credit, but where we are is the result of whatever has happened before. So if that is the premise, the premise of our series is, is that as we turn the corner and now look to the future, whatever we plant now, we will live in in the future. So what you set into motion is really important. How you move and think and focus forward. And of course, we talked last week about investing in the next generation because whatever we plant in the next generation will be harvested down the road. Everyone can, can speak life into the next generation. Everybody can pray life and give life into the next generation. We can do something for the next generation. And Emmanuel, I'd like to say that every generation invests in the next generation. Amen? I think that's a biblical principle. But today, I want to talk about the most fundamental factor that will either be the thing that limits you from going in motion into the future or it releases you. I want to talk about the subject of authority. And biblically speaking, authority can either move you forward or hold you back. And I'm not just talking about, you know, you've got a boss that's holding you back, so they're the ones that's the problem. I want to talk about how God's word deals with the subject of authority and how it will impact your ability to get things into motion. Turn with me to Luke chapter 7. In Luke 7, starting with verse 2, at that time... The highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. And when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, Don't trouble yourself by coming into my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. 
I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. This is an amazing story. And of course, Luke is illuminating certain factors of the story. He's precise. Luke is an author. He's a doctor. He thinks precisely. And so he gives you specific details of what happened for a reason. Part of the details are that this Roman officer, who's not, he's not a part of the Jewish nation, he's not a part of the inner church club, if you will. This man understands how things work. He understands what it means to be under authority and to be an authority over other people. And the thing about what he is doing is, he states it in such a matter-of-fact way, you don't even need to come, all you need to do is send the word. That moment amazed Jesus. How many want to get Jesus' attention? Well, this guy got Jesus' attention. Jesus was like, whoa, wait a second, that's pretty cool. Now, we don't know if he would have healed this, this person uh, otherwise, if, if he didn't say it, but we do know this moment really caught Jesus' attention. And the reason that it caught his attention is because this man understood something that was in the natural world, and it really worked the same way in the spiritual world. This is the way it works for God, in other words. Jesus is looking at a guy who gets it. And because he gets it, he gets results. He works with what works. He works the way it's supposed to work. How many have ever been in a situation where you're in a job or you're playing a game and you don't know the rules that everyone else seems to know? And you're like, why isn't this working? You get on a video game, and that's me now because I don't play video games. And I get on there, and I'm like, what does X mean? And why? And, you know, I don't know how it's working. And it's fr- everybody else has fun with something that's hard work for me. One of the things that you and I need to learn to do is we need to, in this context with the church, with the kingdom of God, is we need to learn to get our life in alignment with the way the kingdom of God works. You might have grown up with a whole different set of rules. You might have grown up where your parents taught you one way. It didn't matter what you did with your body. It didn't matter what you did with your time. It didn't matter what you did with your mouth. It didn't matter anything. You could do whatever you want. That, in fact, that's a big cultural rule now in our society. Whatever feels good to you. The kingdom of God works in such a way that if we can learn to be in alignment with the kingdom, we get kingdom results. So we may want healing, but healing comes when we do it the kingdom way. We might want God's blessing, but blessing comes when we come under the way God does things. And so that's why the word of God becomes a big deal. It's not just some archaic book, a bunch of old stories that have no relevance to today. No, the the, the Bible shows us how to live, a pattern to live. And if we live in alignment with the word of God, then blessing comes our way. Uh, This week, I was... uh, I was um, up north at a place where I go to prepare my messages, and in the afternoon I stopped 
at my other place, my coffee, Starbucks. And, uh, and I sat down. It was raining in, on and off throughout the day, so I chose a table outside under an umbrella and uh, pulled my laptop out. And, because how many know the laptop is worth some money, right? So for me, I wanted to have my laptop out and have it protected should it rain. And sure enough, about 10 minutes in, I'm here working on my laptop, and all of a sudden the rain started coming down. But the fact was, I was under the umbrella, so I was safe. If I had gone a couple feet over this way, I would have been hit with the rain. Are you following what I'm saying? And so I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is just like the kingdom of God. This is just like authority. As long as I'm under authority, I receive protection and blessing. But the moment I step outside of the umbrella of a protection, how many know I'm going to get hit? And that's the way it is with the kingdom of God. And friends, I want you to know, you and I have a fight to get our lives under the umbrella. There's a challenge. You and I are growing up in an era where I think there's a diabolical, demonic plan from the pit of hell to bring down all authorities. There is corruption everywhere, which makes people not trust authority. But then on top of that, you have voices and pathways and platforms for people to share their distrust or their cynicism with the rest of the world. And so now, everybody and everything is is critiqued. Every play that a coach in Little League calls, parents who don't know anything about the sport, are screaming at the coach about what he should do or she should do, what place she should call, and they don't know anything. So we've got novices that don't know anything that have a platform and a voice, and now it's moved its way to social media. And people are sharing their caustic ideas about somebody they've never met, and they feel the freedom to share it. And on top of that, we love to critique other critiquers. And make comments about somebody else and tell them how they're wrong. Everybody's a sheriff. But nobody is respecting authority. And let me tell you this. It's dangerous for the church, for people who call themselves Christians, to buy into or be sucked into that trap. It is absolutely dangerous. Why? Because the way God works is he wants us to get up underneath authority. He says it throughout scripture, in this story that we're talking about, it's blatant. Because this person understood how it worked, they received the blessing from heaven. And Jesus was surprised, if you will. He noticed something in this man. But the people who aren't, the opposite is also true. I want you to notice something. Romans chapter one, Paul, is speaking to a culture much like America today. And he's talking about how people stop acknowledging God or acknowledging his authority. In Romans chapter one, verse 28, it says, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, 
He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin and greed and hate and envy and murder and quarreling and deception and malicious behavior and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Tell me that's not what's going on now. Totally abandoning any authority. The fool says in his heart there is no God. And God says, fine. And when they're left outside the umbrella, everything hits this culture. That's why it's important for you to not follow the fool. It's important for you and I to get ourselves up underneath the umbrella. And friends, if we don't, when we're not under authority, we don't transmit authority. Hear me carefully, parents. When you and your mind and your heart or your patterns on social media are critiquing every other authority, is it not surprising that your kids don't listen to your authority? In the Psalms, they have a little thing called selah, which means think about it. (laughs) So let me give you three simple ways to step under the umbrella. First of all, humble yourself in relationship to authority you have now. Now let's bring it home to your teachers, to your supervisors, to the police officers in the community, to the government around you, to the manager of the restaurant you're eating at, to every place that you go. If you and I can humble ourselves in relationship to that authority that we have now, we have a chance of getting underneath the umbrella. First Peter 5. Five, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all of you. Everybody said all of you. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God, what? Opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Here's the principle. How we relate to our earthly authority is how we relate to our heavenly authority. You can't say, I am under God's authority, but not that creep I work for. Not that teacher. She doesn't like me. She's got an attitude. She's just got it out for people like me. What I can do is I can pray, but if I even begin to have attitudes about all of the authorities in the land that are around me, the people, my parents, the people that are stopping me, the leaders in the youth group, while my pastor, I like some of the things he says, (laughs) but the other ones, it's like a buffet Christianity. I'll take that. I don't like those three things. I'm not a vegetable eater, so I'm just going to have this stuff. All we want is the dessert. How many know how we are under the authorities God has already given us 
is how we are relating to him. And God says you humble yourself. Humility is a decision, not a feeling. God opposes the proud. If I am in a state of pride, if I am in an attitude, if I'm posting my attitude and putting people on blast on social media, what am I doing? I am moving into pride and I'm making myself the judge. And correspondingly, what am I doing with God? I'm telling him, I got this. I'm saying, Lord, I don't need your covering on this. I'll step out. And how many know you point a finger, you got three coming back at you? It's an attitude of the heart. But if you want to be under the umbrella, humble yourself in relationship to the authority that you have now. Have a teachable spirit. When there is things that are wrong above you, take it to the Lord. If you have to quit, you quit. The danger is that the voices we listen to can affect our speech. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever it is you're listening to, don't think that talk radio person's not affecting your heart. Don't think all that stuff that you're watching and listening to and clicking on doesn't have an impact on your heart. It does. You need to start seeing it as a battle. The devil's trying to get me out from under the umbrella. I ain't going to have it. Secondly, way to step under the umbrella, recognize God as your provider. So here's the challenge. The challenge is, in life, anxiety hits people so strongly. And worry and responsibility and bills and doing everything right can just kind of build up. And then we begin to worry, how am I going to make it happen? And then we look to ourselves as the source for how things will change. Friends, I'm just telling you this. As long as you're looking to yourself, you will let yourself down. You can work harder. You can put more hours in. You can become the best at anything. But listen, friends, if you are the source, your tank will run out. So the challenge is that in everything in life, learning to see God as your provider. He's the one that helps you in your marriage. He's the one that helps you with your job. He's the one that can help you with your weight. Hello? He's the one that can help you with anything and everything in your life. If you look his way, but anywhere where he is not your source, you step out from the umbrella. I'm not saying you can't get ideas from the business world, that you can't get best practices from other people, but I'm telling you this, as long as you move outside the umbrella, you're in danger. In Genesis 22, Abraham had been asked to walk. He's the man of, father of faith. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 13, then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its, thorn, by its horns in a thicket. And so he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named the place Yahweh Yaira, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Yahweh Yaira or Jehovah Jaira, because they couldn't use the name of God. The Yah- so they would say Jehovah Jaira. It was a title or a name for God that would be repeated throughout the rest of the Bible. The people of Israel would know that God was their provider. There's all these 
things that the church and the Bible and the community of faith that try to direct our attention back to remember who our provider really is. And it's really about the relationship between an individual, a household, and God. And the way that we declare Jehovah Jireh is our provider is the biblical pattern of the tithe. I know that any time that I say the word tithe, there's people in the room who just stiffen up. Here goes another preacher asking for money, right? We already did the offering, so it's not even about, it's really not about what the church gets. We're responsibly good stewards of whatever God brings in. Our board and our, our, we're set up to be good stewards, and I, I believe we have accountability set up. It's not about what the church does. It's really about what happens between you and the Lord. The tithe means 10%. It's a percentage or a decimal point, if you will, of everything. So it doesn't matter if you have little or you have much. The 10% means that it's dedicated to God, that he has it all. And when we tithe, we put 10% underneath the umbrella, and he does a miracle. When we put the 10% under here, he brings all the 90% underneath the umbrella. He protects everything just by the 10%. But when we don't, we're on our own and we are the provider. And so God says this, he says, if, if you wanna partner with me, if you wanna be in alignment with heaven, then you've got to learn the very basic way that you pull yourself under the umbrella is the tithe. Because we are, we're leaky vessels, we tend to forget. We start worrying about how are we gonna pay the bills this month? We start worrying about how are we gonna make our family work? We start worrying about our kid who's out of control. We start worrying about uh, the business and how are we gonna c- come up with the right um, amount of insurance uh, uh, and, and, and uh, all the packages that we c- can hire people with. Whatever industry you're in, it doesn't matter what it is. How am I gonna make it work at school this year? And how, I, I have dyslexia, so how do I still make it work? And I feel the tension in myself. Friends, I'm telling you, the tithe The money part brings everything in your life. Not just the money, it brings everything up underneath there. It's the way that keeps us tied to him, hooked up to him. It is a direct action between us and God to yield to his authority in our lives. And when we give the tithe, we give him access to 100% of our lives. He carries the burden. He carries the stress, the anxiety. And when we don't, we become the provider and we bear the weight. And let me be straightforward, there are too many Christians that are bearing more weight than God intends you to bear. As you surrender to me, I am Jehovah Jireh. I provide. You're like, I don't get it, Pastor Nate. That seems so far away from me. I'm just telling you, you all, all of us can grow in our understanding of that. If you right now, you've never tithed, I just encourage you, go one or two percent. Start somewhere. Get it in motion. And see, see if God doesn't come through. There's one thing I will not do. I will not stop tithing. Why? Because I know my heart needs to stay connected to the provider. And the moment I step out from underneath that umbrella, I'm on my own. You can grow in your trust with Jehovah Jireh. Malachi 3.10. 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, God says, so there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. I say test them, church. Third, you want to get up underneath the umbrella. Sink your life with your prayers. Sink your life with your prayers. You know, as you begin to follow God, his ways, you might have to adjust to the creator's ways. And the spirit will nudge you and he will say, hey, I don't want you to do that thing anymore. You're like, ooh, okay. And I want you to do this instead or I want, I want you to say hi to this person. I want you to, to, to spend some time with your children because they need to process with you. Or they, it doesn't matter what sta- stage and season of your life. It's learning to listen to the nudge and say yes. And obedience unlocks heaven, friends. And so when we can learn... When we can learn to visualize the umbrella in every part of our life and seek to live under the umbrella, then something powerful begins to happen in the rest of our life. So I don't know what your week is going to look like. All kinds of things happen. It doesn't matter what it is in life. It could be, I don't have what it takes. I don't have the wisdom to get me out of this without blowing up on this guy who's a jerk to me. I don't have what it takes to not get mad at the slow drivers in the left lane. I don't know what to do when I'm in tension with my children, when my parents are driving me nuts. I don't know what to do. So when you're there, then you say, but Lord, I'm going to take it all up under the umbrella. And here's the most powerful thing I'm going to say this morning. You will pray with the authority that you are under. You will pray with the authority that you're under. When you have submitted to the authorities in your life, when you are submitted to heaven, when your life is in alignment with God, then when you begin to pray, you don't have to sit there and go, oh, Lord, I need a miracle right now, and it's a begging prayer. Lord, I need you to heal my friend. I need you to come through in a, with a miracle. And it's, you don't have in the back of your head that you've been living a life that's not in alignment with heaven. And when you are in alignment, you come here and you say, Lord, I failed this week. I haven't been as loving and kind as I should be. Whatever it is, you've already confessed it to the Lord. That same voice was the authority that Jesus spoke with. Friends, you and I can pray with the authority of heaven when we're under the umbrella. Come on, somebody. You and I can do that. Thanks for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about Emmanuel and enjoy other messages by checking out EmmanuelCC.org. Be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.